This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the One Verse Podcast. Have you ever read some of these passages in the Gospels where Jesus praises people for having great faith and chides others, usually his disciples, for having little faith? What do these passages mean? And more importantly, how can you and I know whether or not we have great faith or little faith? And if we have little faith, what can we do about it, if anything, in order to gain great faith? I mean, if you're like me, I hope you prefer to have great faith instead of little faith, right? So we're going to be talking about that today, and then also looking at one primary passage, since this is the One Verse podcast, we're going to be looking at Matthew 8.10, where Jesus praises the Roman centurion for having great faith, and we'll see what that passage means, okay? Now, just a, a few items of business before we jump into that. This is going to be my last podcast of the year. I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off for Christmas and New Year, so I hope you are able to do the same with your family and enjoy some time off with them, relaxing, enjoying Christmas, New Year, as we look forward to 2019. Uh, Other thing is, just in time for Christmas, I have a brand new book out as of today, uh, December 19th. I wanted to get it out a little bit sooner, uh, time for Christmas, because it's on spiritual gifts. Just as, just as we give other people gifts at this time of year, it's nice to know what gifts God has given to you and how you can know what those gifts are and how to use them. Anyway, the book is called What Are the Spiritual Gifts? And it answers all of your questions about spiritual gifts, including you know issues about tongues and sign gifts and miracle gifts. There's even a spiritual gift inventory, 125 questions that are included in part of the book. Uh, the book is available pretty much everywhere books are sold. Though, since I just put it up on iTunes and Kobo and Google Play and some of the others, uh, you might not be able to find it there for a day or two. Uh, The paperback also might be uh, a day or two behind there on Amazon. All right, but the uh, ebook version is available right now on Amazon and you can buy it there. The, the, The title again is What Are the Spiritual Gifts? Okay, so uh, go ahead and get that copy for yourself. Get a copy for your friends even if you want. Um, Might be a little late for Christmas, but uh, that way you can know what your spiritual gifts are. Okay, Uh, that's part of the Christian Questions book series. So if you've read my book on prayer, that's the first volume in the series. This, This book on spiritual gifts is the second volume. And I'm putting a book out in mid January, that's the goal anyway, on faith. And today's podcast episode is primarily drawn from that book on faith. So uh, be, be stay in tune, and I will tell you more about that in the first week or two of January after that book comes out. Okay, so with that in mind, let's get into the, this, this discussion today of what is great faith and little faith. So we've been talking about faith a couple of podcast episodes now. And about two episodes ago, I defined faith as reasonable certainty. All right, I I know there's lots of people out there that think that faith includes an element of doubt, and I disagree with that. I believe that faith is best defined as reasonable certainty. 
And so if we doubt something, or if we're not sure we 100% believe something, then that means we don't believe it, all right? And in last week's podcast episode, I presented this illustration of faith as an, a giant Excel spreadsheet, uh, Microsoft Excel, if you know what that is, has these rows and columns, and then all these little cells in there that you can do things with. It's usually an accounting tool, mathematic, math tool, or something like that. But I think it's a helpful analogy for how our faith works. If you imagine there's this giant spreadsheet with trillions, literally trillions and trillions of cells, and each cell contains a little statement um, that, that can be either true or false. All right. And so if you agree with what is in that cell, in that statement, then you believe it. If you don't agree, then you don't believe it. If you're unsure, then you still don't believe it. Okay. So each individual cell in that spreadsheet is either on or off. And then they all interact with each other, just like a giant Excel spreadsheet. Anyway, I don't need to get too much into that. That was last week's podcast episode. Make sure you listen to that because what we're talking about today depends on understanding faith as this giant Excel spreadsheet, all right? Uh, when we're talking about our beliefs, I don't want you to think of them all together as one big lump sum thing of belief, okay? And that's when people get into trouble, because there are some difficult things in Scripture that are difficult to believe. And so when people think that faith is like a house of cards and it all stands or falls together, and, and there's some difficult teachings in Scripture— that's when we get into trouble and people say, well, I can't believe that Methuselah lived to be 969 years old or something like that, uh, you know, and so I, I'm not even going to believe that there's a God. Well, no, <laughs> okay? Um, you don't have to. Faith is Christian. The Christian belief system does not all stand or fall together. Anyway, all of this comes together to help us understand what Jesus means in the Gospels when he talks about great faith and little faith. There's lots of places he does this. There will be a list of verses in the show notes I put out for this, which will be found at redeeminggod.com slash great faith, little faith. Um, but uh, the point of the matter is, the point of, the, of, of this issue is that um, there are no degrees of faith, okay? I, I talked about this before. There's no dimmer switches to faith. Faith is either each individual belief on that Excel spreadsheet is either on or off. And so when it comes to this issue of great faith and little faith, it's not that you have 90% faith or 89% faith or 10% faith or something like that. What it means when you compare these passages in Scripture, look at them, is that Jesus is praising somebody for great faith when they believe something that is relatively difficult to believe or that few people actually believe. Little faith, on the other hand, is the opposite. It's when someone should believe something, because lots of people believe it, or it's relatively simple to believe, but they don't believe it. Okay? So if you believe something that is difficult to believe, then you have great faith. If you do not believe something that is relatively easy to believe, then you have little faith. And again, we're not talking about the whole Excel spreadsheet. We're talking about one individual little cell on that spreadsheet. And there's lots of things on that spreadsheet that can give you great faith or little faith. There's lots of difficult truths, difficult concepts, difficult ideas, difficult truth claims in Scripture that not many people believe. But if you believe them, then you have great faith. 
All right, so let me just, we're going to look at some passages, but let me just summarize sort of this concept for you. All right, since faith is the conviction or persuasion that something is true, all right, it is this sort of um, reasonable certainty, then what this means as far as great faith and little faith is that people who have little faith, they are not certain or they have not been persuaded or convinced about some of the basic truths of Christianity or of following Jesus. Whereas people who have great faith, they have relative certainty or are reasonable certainty or are persuaded or convinced of some of the hard and difficult truths that few people believe. Okay? So it has nothing whatsoever to do with his size of faith, the percentage of faith, the degree of faith, the amount of faith, nothing like that. You don't have like a little uh, a faith container in your soul that, you know, fills up and empties and depletes the more you believe and your goal is to really get it overflowing and then you can have great faith. It doesn't work like that, all right? You have this vast network of interconnected, interacting beliefs uh, in your spreadsheet, and when you believe some things, when you turn on some of those cells that are difficult to believe, that few people believe, then you have great faith. Whereas if you don't believe some of the things, you have off some of the things, some of the ideas and truths that many people believe, uh, even children believe, then that would mean you have little faith. Okay? So, people who have great faith believe truths that are relatively few people understand and believe People who have little faith, they don't believe things that most people believe. Let me just give you some examples here. Um, there are numerous truths from Scripture, for example, that are easy to believe. Uh, for example, on our Excel spreadsheet, there is a cell which would say, a man named Jesus existed. Okay? I have talked with hundreds and even thousands of people, some of them even atheists, many of them of other religions, and I have yet to find a single person who disagrees or who does not believe that there was a man named Jesus who existed. And in my book, What is Faith?, I do talk about um, the, the, some children that I met who had never met or heard of Jesus in the Bible. Okay, but I raised the question that down the street there was a man named Jesus, Okay, and so if I had told them, hey, do you believe that Jesus exists, they might be thinking of that man down the street. But again, they, they would need to believe, they would need to have connected in their Excel spreadsheet of faith who this Jesus was. But again, on this spreadsheet, on this spreadsheet of beliefs, it's very simple, easy to believe that a man named Jesus existed. Now, connected to that, is a bunch of other cells about who this Jesus is, when this Jesus lived, what this Jesus taught, how this Jesus behaved, who this Jesus claimed he was, okay? You see all this network of beliefs that are spanning out from that one? But it's simple and easy. I've never met anybody who would say, no, I don't believe that a man named Jesus ever existed. That's ridiculous. It's a simple belief. Um, another simple belief that is maybe a little more difficult uh, but most people believe it, is the truth claim that I am a sinner. All right? Now, people will say, well, what does sin mean? You know, define sin. But most people agree that they have done things in their life that they should not have done, that they have lied or cheated or stole or whatever. Okay? Most people will agree with that. And so most people, when you define sin as mistreating other people or doing something you shouldn't have done, 
you know, breaking some law of some sort, whether it's God's law or man-made laws, laws of a country, whatever, okay, most people will say, okay, yes, I believe that, I agree with that statement, I have done that, okay? So most people are going to agree with that. Again, these are examples of things that would classify you as having little faith, all right? And most people believe that. So if you were to encounter somebody who did not believe that they were a sinner, it would be right to say, well, they have little faith because they don't even believe some of the most basic, elementary, fundamental, introductory, kindergarten-level truths of Scripture. All right? There are some others, like God is love. That one might be a little bit up higher on the scale of difficulty because many people do not believe that God is all-loving. Even many Christians don't believe that. Uh, Here's another one. Further up the scale of difficulty, still not into the realm of great faith, but still relatively simple, relatively low. Jesus gives eternal life to anyone who believes in him for it. Okay? (laughs) This is a clear, fundamental, basic teaching of Scripture, but it is shocking and surprising to me how few people, even how few Christians, actually believe that fundamental truth. Anyway, um, there are lots of other truths, okay? Uh, Simple, basic truths. But there are many truths in Scripture that are hard to believe. Uh, And people who believe these things could be classified as having great faith. For example, Paul writes in Philippians 4.19, God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Now, frankly, I myself often worry about tomorrow and whether or not God is going to supply for my needs. Therefore, since in my practice and in most of my living and even most of my thought life, I'm not sure I fully agree with Paul and what he wrote there, That means I do not believe that promise. I do not always, or very well, believe that God will supply all my needs. That means I don't yet believe this statement. But there are people who do believe it, and they could be classified as having great faith. All right, so, and these are just examples. Uh, Great faith and little faith have nothing whatsoever to do with the amount of faith a person has, the percentage to which they believe a certain fact, right? Faith doesn't come in degrees or amounts like that, all right? So, with this, all this in mind, let us t- uh, quickly consider Matthew 8.10, where Jesus encounters this centurion, they have a little exchange, and something that the centurion says allows Jesus to praise this Roman man for having great faith, all right? This Gentile man. He says, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. All right, so uh, what did the centurion believe that few others believed? Not just in his day, but in our day as well. There are very few people, relatively few people, who believe, believed what the centurion believed. All right, so uh, you know, you know what happens. He had a sick daughter. I'm sorry, he had a sick uh, servant, and um, I'm getting the, I'm getting the two stories mixed up here now. Uh, but anyway, he he um, he went to Jesus and and said, "Can you heal?" And yes, I'll come. And and he said, "No, you don't need to. You just say the word, and 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 he'll and my my servant will be healed." Okay. 
So, uh, and, and Jesus, because of that, praises the Roman centurion for having great faith. So what did he believe? First, he believed in his own lack of merit, okay? Even though he had the right to rule and command Jesus, since the Roman centurion was military, he was in control, he had the power, he came to Jesus in a courteous, humble way. All right. Uh, the other texts revealed that he loved the Jewish people and built a synagogue for them. All right. Even, be, even though he had done all that, he knew that he didn't deserve anything from God or from Jesus Christ. All right. He knew he was unworthy to meet with Jesus. We see that in Matthew 8.8. 8. Now, most people do not believe that. Most people think, oh, I'm pretty good. I deserve to have God answer my prayer. My family deserves to have this person healed. My family deserves to have this trip, that possession, this blessing, okay, that recognition, whatever it is. But this man did not believe that. He believed that he was undeserving. Okay? That shows an element of great faith. The second thing this centurion believed, this is shocking, he believed that healing can be done at a distance. Now, you might say, well, I believe that. Well, yes, many people do, and that's why we pray for healing, for sick people on the other side of the country or around the world. But if you really want to be healed, this is what most people think, if you really want to be healed of a sickness or a disease or something, well, you have to go to one of these faith healers, right? And have them lay hands on you and anoint you with this special prayer anointing oil, right? That's how the healing can really happen. And that's what most people believe. But this man... He likened Jesus to a military commander, and he says, look, you don't need to come. Just say the word, and it will be done. That's Matthew 8, verse 9. The centurion knew that if Jesus commanded for the healing, then it would be done, even if Jesus was not present. He knew that the words of Jesus were sufficient to accomplish whatever he said. And again, we sort of give lip service to this, but really, if somebody wants to be healed— They expect the person, the pastor, the healer, whatever, to come over to their house, to come to their bed in the hospital, to lay hands on them, to to put oil on their head or something like that, okay? Say special prayers over them even. The centurion here didn't even want, he said, just say the word, it'll be done, okay? Jesus saw this and he's like, wow, nobody believes this. This is true, but it is a very difficult truth to believe. And so for these reasons, Jesus praises the centurion for having great faith. He says, I haven't even seen faith like this among the people of Israel. All right? So I think this sort of gives you an example of what great faith is and little faith. Uh, It's not about degrees of faith, percentages of faith, how much faith a person has. Uh, it, It is about whether or not people believe the relatively simple things to believe. You know, if they don't believe those, then they have little faith. If they do believe the things that are relatively difficult to believe, like the centurion, then it means they have great faith. And you could go through all of the great faith, little faith passages in the Bible, in the Gospels, and understand them all in this way. You look in the context, and you will see that when Jesus chides someone for having little faith, it's because they're not believing something that they should. And when he praises someone for having great faith, It's because they believe something that is difficult to believe and few people believe it. Now, I do need to say there's a bit of a sliding scale with this, okay? Because 
Jesus, one point, chides Peter for having little faith for not being able to walk on the water. (laughs) I don't think I could walk on the water. And yet Jesus praises him for having little faith, and he stepped out of the boat and even went a few steps. Okay, it's a relative sliding scale depending on where a person is at in their relationship with Jesus. By this point in the ministry, Peter should have known that Jesus would not let him drown. He'd seen him heal people, raise people, miracles, all these teachings. He knew who Jesus was, okay? So that's why, because where Peter was at, he should have believed that he was safe when Jesus said, come to me, all right? And so that's why Jesus sort of chides Peter for not being able to walk on water (laughs) like Jesus was, okay? Anyway, look, I hope that answers your questions about great faith and little faith and sort of provides you the direction, a little push in the right direction on how to study and understand these great faith, little faith passages. And I would say that if you think that maybe you have areas in your life where you have little faith, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. Instead, work to learn more about Jesus, understand more about God, study more about Scripture, because as we grow in our relationship with God, just like Peter grew in his relationship with Jesus, our faith will grow as well. That is, we will have more cells on our Excel spreadsheet turned on. (laughs) And we will come to believe more and more truths about God, about Jesus, about Scripture, as we journey with Him through life. All right? Look, if you have more questions about faith, by the way, I am writing this book about uh, faith. It's coming out in January, titled, What is Faith? But if you just can't wait, then uh, the summary of the book which is still a couple hours long, audio teaching, is found in my Gospel Dictionary online course, which you can take right now by joining my online discipleship group at redeeminggod.com join. The Gospel Dictionary looks at 52 keywords of the gospel, and faith is one of them. I'm not done with the course yet, but the word faith is part of that course, and um, it is published and there for you to take. All right. So, and don't forget my book, What Are Spiritual Gifts? Available today on Amazon. All right. Merry Christmas. Have a good new year. We will see you in 2019.